This week's topic of Mishpatei HaMomen is going to outline the fundamentals of Dine Momenus of monetary law and how it differs from the regular halachas of Isr V'hatra that we find in other areas of Shulchan Aruch. So the Suga begins with the Gemara Baba Kama, Taf Mem which is going to be the source of what's known as Hamoitzimei Chaveri Olav Haraya. So we start with the Mishnah. First Mishnah in the fifth parak, a ox that gored a pregnant cow. And the embryo was found next to the gored cow. It's not known. Did the cow give birth to this non-living embryo before the Nagicha happened, before it was gored? And therefore, it is not directly the fault of the cow, of the ox that gored it, or in Mishanokhayalda. Or perhaps it was because it was due to the goring of the ox that caused it to lose, to miscarry this, this baby, this embryo. So, what's the halacha? If it was beforehand, then the owner of the ox would not be liable for the lost baby. If it was afterward, then the, it would be included in the goring that happened, and the owner of the ox would be chayev, like every ox that gores, when it's a short tam, when it's not a goring ox, it has to be chatzinezek. So the halacha of the Mishnah Paskins is Mishalim chatzinezek leporo. He has to pay half of the nezek of the poro of the cow, which it clearly was negech, which it clearly gored, but revia nezek levlad. He pays a quarter of the nezek that happened to the embryo. It only pays a quarter of the damages. Why? Because of the suffix. Since we don't know if it actually damaged the embryo or not. So therefore it pays a quarter of the nezek. If we knew for sure it would only pay half. So now that it's a suffix, it pays a quarter. If it was the opposite case, that the cow was the perpetrator and the ox was the victim. So in Nitzvah Betzida, and now we find the embryo of the cow next to it. So now if it was before, if it was born before the cow gored, so then the child was not involved at all in the goring, and it would not be chayev to pay from the price of the embryo, meaning a shartam is only chayev to pay up to the value of the ox itself, of the goring ox itself. If the, if the nezek, if the damage was more than the value of the goring animal, then he'd be putter. The maximum he can pay is the price of the animal. So here, if the damage that was caused was more than the price of the cow, can you include in the damages, meaning in, in the hischaivos, what you have to pay from, can you include the embryo? So again, over here, it was, it's not known if it gored before it gave birth, in which case you would not be able to take any money from the value of the born child, or if first it gored and then it gave birth. So in that case, it would be included in the act of goring, and you'd have to, the child would also be liable for the goring, meaning the value of the child would also go towards the damages. The halach again is, half of the nezek gets paid from the price of the, of the cow, if necessary, you can go up to a quarter of the up to a quarter of the nezek would would come from the vlad, because again it's a suffix if this child, this baby cow, was involved in the goring. So therefore, you can go up to a quarter of the nezek from the vlad. Says the Gemara, Shmuel. 
This whole Mishnah that says because we have a Suffolk, we go 50-50, that is all the opinion of Sumchus. The Omar, he says it's a general rule anytime we have a Suffolk when it comes to money. So we split it. This is a very great rule, an important principle when it comes to money. Whoever is trying to excise money from his friend, it, the burden of proof lies upon him that the, his friend is going to have to pay. Says the Gemara, Why does he have to add in the words that this is a big principle, this is an important principle? Just tell us the halacha. Why do you have to add in that this is a klagodal budin? It's through It's coming to tell us the following chiddush. We need it for the case that filu nizik bori. Even if the the victim, the one who was damaged, says bori, says for sure, I know for sure that what happened, I was there, I saw it, I watched what happened, and I know definitely that you do owe me this money. The perpetrator, he wasn't there. He says, I don't know. I don't know if I owe you the money. Still we say, Still we say that the one who is holding the money is entitled to keep his money until we know for sure that he is chayef to pay, that he is liable to pay. The other one has to bring, has to prove through Adim that he is indeed chayef, or else the mazik can say, it's true, I don't know whether or not I owe you the money, still I'm not going to pay you until you prove vibrios, until you prove for sure that I do indeed owe you the money. So that's our first rule we see from here, that muchzik, the one who, who is holding on to the money, is entitled to keep his money, even in the case of Suffolk, even if he clearly says, I don't know whether or not I owe you this money, in the case of damages, he's allowed to hold on to his money until it's proven that he does owe the money. And we're extending this to even where the other person is for sure. The other person is saying for certain, he's saying, Bori, you do owe me the money. Still, the mazik is allowed to say, since I don't know whether I owe you the money, I'm not going to pay it until you prove that I do. Inami says the Gemara, another reason perhaps why he's used the term Zeklal Godel Budin, that this is an important general rule for monetary it's coming for the following case. We learned someone sold a ox to his friend, and it was discovered that it's a goring ox. This guy was not in, in, in expecting to buy an ox that gores. He thought it was a regular tame ox, and it was discovered that it's not. So now it depends if the guy bought it to shecht. If he bought it in, for its meat, then he doesn't really care whether or not it's a tame ox or not. He just cares if the meat tastes good. However, if you bought it to keep around as a workhorse, as a work ox, so then he cannot have a ox that is not tame, and a goring ox is going to end up costing him too much money. So it's dangerous to keep around. So Mamelo, this guy wants to return the purchase, saying, I never intended to buy a goring ox, I intended to buy a regular one. So Rav Omar is a Mekartos. Rav says that it is a Mekartos, he can return the ox and claim that I intended it not for Shechita, I intended it for work. Shmuel says that the seller can tell the buyer, I sold it to you for the purpose of shechting it. You never specify that you needed it for working. So since many people do not buy for work, many people do indeed buy for meat. So I assumed you were from that group. And therefore, it's not a mekatos. I'm claiming that that's what you bought it for, and now you just changed your mind. And therefore, I'm not giving you back the money. In fact, tomorrow, why can't we use some, if there's clear circumstantial evidence as to what he bought it for, it's implicit 
that it was either bought for one or the other, then that should tell us what the original transaction was. Let us just check it out. Is the guy a farmer? Is he a butcher? Is he someone who buys cows for work? Or is he someone who buys cows for, for the meat? Says the moral right? But over here we're talking about Begavar Dezavan Laha Ulaha. We're specifically referring to the type of person who buys for one or the other. So over here it wasn't clear in the transaction which one was buying for. So the seller is entitled to say, I'm not giving you back your money. I am of the position that you bought it for Shrita and not for work. Says the Gemara still, Typically there's a very clear difference in price. When he bought an animal for working, so that's going to be a lot more expensive than he bought the animal simply for the purpose of shafting it and selling the meat. So let's look at the price. The price should tell us whether or not this was intended to be a work animal or was intended for shechita. So as more again, you're right, but the case is, the price of meat went up, and at this point, at the point where he, when he bought it, the prices were the same. So this guy bought it at the regular price, which could have gone either way. He's the type of person that it could go either way. So therefore, again, the seller retains his right to to claim that it was bought l'shchita and not for keeping around as a work animal. And therefore, it's not a mekachtos. This that it was a goring ox and not a not it was not a tame ox. Says the still Amri, going on to mevavom beis bezuze. If the guy doesn't have money to pay, let's even assume it was a mekartos, but if the prices were the same and the guy doesn't have cash ready to pay back the difference, to return the money for the alleged mekartos, so let him just hold on to the cow as payment for the mekartos. So let him just take lishkle with turbazuz, let him take the cow in lieu of payment. Damri and Shivka, as people say, the expression goes, Vimori Rashvasech Pa'eri Ephra. From someone who owes you money, take even subin, even take bran, take whatever you can get. If someone owes you money and you can get something from him, take what you can get. So if this guy doesn't have money handy, so then, and we're talking about a case where the price is the same, so even if we'll assume it's a mekato, so just hold on to the cow in lieu of payment. So Morgan says, you're right, but over here we're talking about the guy has cash available, and the buyer wants to return this goring ox and get back his money. And the seller is saying, no, I don't, I'm of the position that it was not a mechatos in the first place. I'm claiming that you bought it l'shchita, you did not buy it for work, and therefore I was fully entitled to sell you a non-tame ox, because it doesn't matter to you. So Rav Omar is a mechatos. Rav says mechatos, why? Why is Rav going with the opinion that it's a mechatos? Because Zilbas Because you look at the majority, the majority of times, most sales of, of oxen are not for shechita. Most sales at the time of sale, they are for work. So therefore, the majority will tell us that this sale, since it wasn't specified otherwise, the majority will tell us this sale was intended for work, and therefore it is a mechatos. However, Shmuel says the guy can still say, I sold it to you for shechita, Why? But we don't follow the majority. Continue Shmuel. When do we follow majority to tell us what to do in a case of doubt? That's only when it comes to Isser, when it comes to your standard prohibitions, whether or not something is Chelev, whether or not something is Shuman, whether or not something is Trey for its kosher. So there we'll follow a majority. 
When it comes to monetary matters, there we have a different rule. We do not follow the majority. Rather, we say, Over there, we, whoever wants to get the money from his friend, he has to bring the burden of proof. And over here, majority is not a proof. Majority, the proof would be Adam. You have to bring actual witnesses who will say that we know for sure that this sale was intended to be a work animal and not a animal for shechita. Until then, the seller can say, I'm keeping my, my story, I am of the position, I'm assuming that you bought it for shechita, even though it's not the majority, even though it's only a minority, that's my claim, I'm claiming you bought it for that, and therefore it is not a mechatos, and you're not getting the money back. Tanina Mahaki the Brisa says this clearly, that our Mishnah, that says you split it, is only the opinion of Sunchas, it's not the opinion of the Rabbonon. The Brisa says, You have the case of the ox that gored a cow, and you found the embryo next to it. It's not known if the birth happened before the Nagicha, before it was gored, or or if the goring happened before it gave birth. The halacha is, you pay half of the Nezik for the par, like every Shartam, or Nezik Vlad, but you only pay a quarter of the Nezik of the Vlad because the Savik Divrei Sumchis. Here it says clearly that it's the opinion of Sumchis. Since it's a case of Safik, even if we'd have a Rav, still we say, and whoever wants the money is going to have to prove as to exactly what happened. You have to bring Adim that the goring happened before it gave birth. It was the goring that caused the loss of the embryo. And only then would he have to pay the chatzinazik of the vladant, or else he pays nothing for the vlad. So the Gemara continues, Where do we know this from? This chiddish, that when it comes to money, the starting point always is, the one who wants to get the money is the one that has to prove his claim. And until then we say there's a presumption of ownership and he will not get anything until he has con- concrete proof. Where do we get this from? Shenemar, like the Pasuk says, The one who has a claim will come to the Dayan. It's referring to Moshe Rabbeinu who told Aaron and Chor, to be, he pointed them to be the Dayanim while he was away. He said, whoever is the Baldvarim, whoever has the, has the complaint against his friend, he comes to you. So you see, the one who has the complaint is the one to approach the Bezdin, Yagish Rayalem, he's going to have to, he's going to, have to bring the proof to the Dayanim in order to get the money away from his friend. Maskevla, Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi disputes this and says, Lomli cross Svaro, why do you need a Pasuk to tell me the rule of Mitzvah al It's a Svaro. I don't need a Pasuk for it. Why? The one who has a pain, he's the one that goes to the doctor. So this is very revealing, and the moral remains with this Svaro. The moral that continues and uses the Pasuk for something else. In other words, that the fundamental rule of a Mitzvah al there's a presumption of ownership, and it's you cannot use a majority, and you can't use a bori. You can't say for certain. You have to actually bring adim to get money away from somebody just because the, just because he has it. That makes him the owner until proven otherwise. That is a svara. The svara is that when the way money works is that whoever has the money, it's his, and no one has the right to take it away from him in any shape, in any form, unless there's concrete proof. There's the equivalent of adim that it should be taken away from him and given to someone else. Until then. Hamitzvah is always going to be the criteria we use for any monetary dispute.